This is K.M. Wyland, and you are listening to the 367th episode of the Helping Writers Become Authors podcast. My life is always busiest when I'm working on two fiction projects simultaneously, as I am right now. I don't like to actively write two different projects at the same time, but deadlines often necessitate that I actively write and actively edit two different stories concurrently. Right now I'm working on the scene outline for my Portal Fantasy sequel, Dreambreaker, in the mornings, and doing the second round of major edits on my historical superhero work-in-progress Wayfarer in the afternoons. It can be a little disorienting at first. I've mistyped the two protagonists' names once or twice. But because the brainwaves needed to outline and edit are so different, it's generally pretty easy to find different gears for each. Still, it's an intensive time of story focus, which is both good and bad as both the temperature and the snow is falling outside. It's a good time to hunker down inside and get some work done. But the trick will be whether or not I can meet my probably unrealistic goal of finishing the editing before Christmas Company arrives. The latest post on my blog is five steps to a thorough book edit. If you want to improve your story, a thorough book edit must happen. Luckily, with the right tools, mindset, and preparation, it doesn't have to be scary at all. To read the post, visit my site at helpingwritersbecomeauthors.com. And now, I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast entitled The Number One Way to Write Intense Story Conflict. One of the main pursuits of any story is conflict. The old saw tells us no conflict, no story. So we're always chasing after this little friction-causing engine. But as with so many things in writing, sometimes concentrating on the thing itself ends with us missing the forest for the trees. Conflict is all hard, confrontational, pokey edges. Even the word itself is pokey with its hard k and t sounds and the visually jabbing f right there at its core. It's anything but warm and cuddly. And why would we want it to be? It's conflict. It's angry eyes across the dinner table. It's broken dreams. It's napalm in the morning. That's the stuff of story conflict. That's the driving force of great plots everywhere. But by itself, it will always fall flat. You will never reach your goal of writing gripping and intense story conflict if you haven't first discovered a reason to make your conflict matter to readers. That reason is empathy. First, let's take a moment to consider the important factors that must be present to create worthwhile conflict in your story. First of all, just dismiss the notion that conflict is two people fighting. Conflict is about the opposing forces of goal and obstacle. You don't have to have two armies to have conflict. You can get it just from a man trying to figure out how to clean a stain off his shirt. Still, most conflict in fiction will take the form of two human beings opposing each other. One or both of those human beings has a goal, and the opposing human being, the opponent, will be presenting an obstacle to that goal. When Bob Wallace in White Christmas wants to go to New York to promote his show, while his partner Phil Davis points at his bum arm and guilts him into going to the skiing lodge in Vermont instead, that's a goal obstructed by another goal. That's conflict. But who cares? Who cares if two people want different things? Bob wants to go to New York. Phil wants to go to Vermont. All God's children want to go to Hawaii. So what? 
That is the question. The what is the entire key to making your story conflict so incredibly fascinating and engaging that readers will be every bit as invested in your character's goal as they are. Whenever you think of conflict, the first images and emotions that pop to mind are likely the harsh connotations we talked about in the opening. Disagreements, arguments, fights, brawls, battles, wars. But now it's time to stop thinking of conflict in those terms. Those terms are not incorrect, but they're only half the picture. For the moment, stop thinking about conflict altogether and instead give a thought to empathy. What new connotations spring to mind? Love perhaps. Relatability, understanding, sympathy. Sounds pretty warm and gushy to be mentioned anywhere in the vicinity of conflict, doesn't it? But without empathy, your conflict will be a meaningless shell. Readers will have zero reason to invest in your character's desires and actions. We often think of conflict as the interesting part of a story. Conflict makes things happen, and when things happen, readers pay attention, right? In an October 2016 interview with the writer, Author Guild President Roxana Robinson noted, Empathy animates connection and creates engagement. Empathy is the true engine of writing. Without it, conflict is empty. It doesn't matter to the reader if two people fight and you don't care about them. It's empathy that draws you, the reader, and me, the writer, into their hearts. Have you ever picked up a novel that dumped you into a code red firefight right from the first sentence? Exciting. The author was obviously doing his best to suck readers in with an exciting hook. But all by itself, that electric opening conflict is just as likely as not to fall flat. Why? Because at that point in the story, it's just sound and fury signifying nothing. Readers that don't know the characters and have no reason to care about the stakes. At that point, they might just as well root for the antagonist as the protagonist for all they know or care about these people. So how can you create the kind of empathy that will make your story conflict matter to readers? The short answer is it all comes down to characters. Create characters readers care about, and you can bet readers will also care deeply about the conflict those characters are engaging in. The heart of empathy is relatability. Readers must be able to see a little of themselves in the characters, to put themselves in the characters' shoes. When they do that, they will care. Why? Because, in essence, they will now be caring about a little part of themselves. So here are five specific questions you can ask on your way to crafting rich and deep characters who will draw readers into empathizing with their conflicts. Question number one, what is your character's motive? I'm often asked, how can I make readers like my character, even when he's maybe doing some pretty bad stuff? It always comes down to the character's motive. Why is he doing what he's doing? Take over the world just because I am a total psycho and it sounds like fun. Not so relatable. But backstab my best friend to get in with the cool kids. Most of us can at least relate to the emotions, desires, and pains that would spark such an idea. For example, the reason we care about Bob and Phil's classic conflict in White Christmas 
is because we understand Phil's motivations. He wants Bob to find a girl and get married because he's a lonely, miserable, unhappy man. And also because Phil wants 45 minutes all to himself. Currently, Phil may be the one making Bob miserable, but his heart is in the right place and we love him for it. Question number two. What is your character's goal? If motives were horses, beggars would take over the kingdom. Or something like that. The point is your character's motives cannot live in isolation. It's not enough for your characters to sit around having good or bad thoughts about something they'd like to do. Doesn't matter how relatable a motivation is, readers won't care a nickel about it until the character actually acts on it. For example, when Luke Skywalker sets out to save Han and Leia from Darth Vader in The Empire Strikes Back, it isn't just his honorable motivation that invests us in the conflict. We also deeply care about the goal itself. We're interested in the forward momentum of it. He's doing something about his desire. And we're also invested in its outcome. And thus, the obstacles and conflict Vader throws up in Luke's way. Question number three. How does your character's interiority present him? In a novel, you have the added benefit of drawing readers to your characters through the internal narrative. The deeper the narrative, the deeper you can pull readers directly into the brain of your protagonist. Readers get to experience life right alongside the character. They eat, sleep, and breathe with him. They become him. This is the great cathartic power of fiction. The ability to relate and care about an imaginary personage as deeply as we do about ourselves. This is why we read in the first place. For example, as the author, you get to use every word of the narrative to craft an interiority that draws readers into the realism of your character's world and reactions. In Melina McGraw's literary war epic, After Dunkirk, she writes from the protagonist's perspective. And I stank. A fear, past, present, and future. I'd stopped noticing it long before, of course, but they, they wrinkled their noses. Stale sweat, that sort of thing. And my shirt sleeves, clammy with my blood, of course. Snip, snip. Skillful, well-trained. The medicos, the Germans. They'd cut my shirt sleeves. Then they bandaged me. Now what was left of my sleeves? The blood was drying. And blood has got a stench all its own. I tried to look dignified. Pain. Question number four. How do your character's relationships affect the conflict? Readers love characters not just for who they are, but also because other characters also love them, or sometimes fail to love them. Relationships are the driving force of all fiction, and indeed most of the conflict itself. The deeper and more poignant or ironic the relationship between two characters the more we care about the conflicts arising between them. For example, the catalyst of the true conflict in Dennis Lehane's mystery thriller Mystic River isn't so much the murder of the main character's daughter, but rather the warped but enduring bonds between him and his two childhood best friends. Without the backstory between these three characters, the story's conflict becomes mechanical and ceases to matter. And question number five, what is at stake? for your character. All of the previous elements work together to build the final ingredient in convincing readers to care about your conflict, the stakes. Once readers care about your characters and their goals, 
they will necessarily care about what those characters stand to lose. But for that to work, the characters must first stand to lose something. So what is at stake in your story? What happens if your character is permanently stymied by the conflict's obstacles and he fails to reach his goal? The worse the consequences, the more invested readers will be in the outcome. For example, in Frank Capra's classic screwball comedy Arsenic and Old Lace, protagonist Mortimer Brewster's failure presents two possible outcomes. Either his beloved aunts will be arrested as serial killers, or they'll remain free to continue their mercy killings of old men. The stakes are as insane as the characters, and viewers haven't been able to look away for 70 years. Empathy is the grease in your conflict's cogs. Without it, the whole machine grinds to a halt. But if you've properly oiled every aspect of your story conflict, readers will care deeply about your character's altercations, goals, failures, and perhaps finally, their successes. Thank you for listening to the Wordplay Podcast. To read a transcript of this episode, you can visit my website at helpingwritersbecomeauthors.com. And be sure to check back again next week.